Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. This is Brother Elijah DeLello with you here and with Father Anthony Tanker. Hello, hello. Father. I wish I had a button. You know, sometimes you hear... um, like when they introduce somebody on a show or something and they push the button and there's like the, the, the applause. In the like, background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I could do that. That would be nice. I would have that button for you and then uh, Father Peter Teresa who's not here again so that the, that button would be like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd probably be his button. That should be his button whether he's here or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to worry about him listening to this either so we can get away with <laughs> saying whatever we want right now. Yeah, Lisa, just pass on all the things you say about him. <laughs> So he knows. <laughs> Just tell him how much we love him. It's, yeah, exactly. We do love him. We miss him. We do. We do. But we are uh, we're, we're doing some really exciting podcasts right now, Father. We're we're still in the Easter season, but preparing for Pentecost. It's a great time of year. I it mean, is. it's always liturgically speaking. You know, Lent is a little bit more of the hardcore. You kind of you're really after it. You're really fasting. You're really praying. Um, and now we're just living in the glory of the resurrection. You were still fasting a little bit. Mm. Definitely praying. But the, we're at the end of the day, it's we're just Alleluia is our song, and Amen. we're singing it over and over and Amen. over again. You know, I did think about the other day though, because we we recently did celebrate Our Lady of Fatima, and so it was like even in the Easter season, there's that reminder to a call to penance, penance, penance and prayer penance. for sinners. So, yeah. all that being said, uh, we are preparing for for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost. We are in the upper room with Our Lady, with the apostles. We are praying. We are keeping vigil for the promise coming in the Spirit. And of course, you know, uh, those of us who are Catholic, who are baptized Christians, we do have the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Spirit within us. But there's always more. There's always more, Father. Can you explain that to me? Right now, can I explain that there's always more? I mean, probably not. Because <laughs> I don't know if I even understand it. But uh, I mean, the, the, the Holy Spirit in and of himself is is God. I mean, to, to, to have, to, to us in our finite capacity to say that we can, you know, hold the fullness of all that God is. I mean, he, he always has more to give us, but, you know, Paul says in, in Ephesians, you know, that we may be filled with the fullness of God. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? I have no idea, but, but I want it, <laughs> but I want it. Well, I think, like, yeah, I think you're right. It's it like <laughs> our, our hearts can never contain, but we can certainly increase the capacity Yeah. for our, our ability to open ourselves up to what, to God and to what he wants to do. Um, which only be perfected in heaven, but as much as we can here on earth, we want to be ready for, for him to come and deepen and, and fill us and become a, a bigger vessel, more f- full with more of him mm. in our lives. Yeah. And this is actually a really good segue. Like you, the way you set this up, I'm actually in awe right I'm now. I'm on my segue. I'm just riding around right You're now. You're riding the segue. Given, given the tour of, of downtown Phoenix for everyone to see. It's unbelievable. We're rising from the ashes for Pentecost. Because the Holy Spirit, our Lord doesn't just kind of give us what we need, though he absolutely does that, but he wants to give us all of himself and he wants all of us. And so um, what we're going to talk about today is the charisms. Nice. And, and one of the, the classic ways to talk about a charism is it's a gratuitous grace. Mm-hmm. So it's something beyond even, you know, what we would need just for salvation or it, it's something beyond, you know, just the kind of bare minimum and so this is, you know, uh, with the spiritual life, this is 
with um, even just our relationship and intimacy with the Lord, but that there are charisms, Father. There's charisms that the Holy Spirit can give to us as the, as a church, as individuals within the church, um, so that we can go forth and we can build up the kingdom of God. I have a, a definition here. Um, and it says, literally, gifts of grace, or in the Latin, charismata, described by St. Paul's gratuitous blessings of an extraordinary and transitory nature, conferred directly for the good of others. Indirectly, they may also benefit the one who possesses the charism, but their immediate purpose is for the spiritual welfare of the Christian community. That's from uh, Father John Hardin's Modern Catholic Dictionary. Can't go wrong with Father John Hardin. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm going to add to that. I want to like to read from the Catechism. Yeah. From 678. So that she can fulfill her mission, the Holy Spirit bestows upon the church varied hierarchical and charismatic gifts, and this way directs her. Henceforward, the church, endowed with the gifts of her founder and faithfully observing its precepts of charity, humility, and self-denial, receives the mission of proclaiming and establishing among all peoples the kingdom of Christ and of God, and, sh- and she is on earth the seed and the beginning of that kingdom. Amen. So, I mean, just from both saying those things, what we're talking about is that the, the sanctification of the church, sanctification of our members, that, that we've received, we received gifts. We talked about them last week, um, if you want to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But now we're talking about charisms, that you don't necessarily receive these at baptism, but these are given to individuals to help their call, their mission to fulfill the sanctification of the church and the people of God and to spread the kingdom of God throughout the earth. And I think it's... Um you know, there's been a lot said on the topic of, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, confirmation, um, you know, kind of what's been going on with with Catholic Christians in the last, you know, hundred years or so, and where are the charisms and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and why is it that some people have them, some people don't? But I think it's it's worthy to say um, that, you know, sacramentally, a lot of that would be tied to the sacrament of confirmation. Um, And that one of the things or one of the ways that we can talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit um, is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you've never heard of that before, is um, it's really the stirring up of the gifts and graces that we receive both in baptism and in confirmation. And that oftentimes, you know, what we've seen um, is that when someone receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is with that that they will often also receive gifts of the Holy Spirit or charisms. And so I, I do think it's um, important to say that, you know, just as we see that the apostles received the Holy Spirit on Pentecost uh, and that they went forth from there to baptize, to confirm, and then the early Christian community was then operating in, in some of these gifts of the Spirit, that we too as Catholics um, can, can tie, you know, back to the sacraments a lot of the, the the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting in the charisms. I think that's important for us. I think it's really important. And I want to touch on one thing you said as well. Like, wh- why now? Like for these past 20 people are saying, well, what, what, why is the ch- God, if this was really of God, it should have been happening for 2,000 years. Yeah. And my response to that is, you like the church never says that. Uh, my example would be the stigmata of St. Francis. We know of no other stigmatized saints from the time of Jesus until St. Francis. That's, 1,200 years Mm. with no stigmatized saints. And yet 
Francis is, this gift is released to Francis, this gift of the stigmata, which is the church has confirmed is a gift for the church, a gift where he is united to the crucified cross and offering up his suffering for the sake of the church. And since then, there've been a number of others, saints who have received this stigmata since that gift was released upon the church. Mm. Um, and, and it's not like, okay, well, it didn't happen for 1200 years. So is this of God? It's like, well, yes, it's very much of God. The church has declared it's of God. Um, and the same with, well, I think, what the Spirit's doing right now. And we see that this, obviously, it's not a new thing. Even St. Paul talks about, I bear the, the wounds of Christ. Like, this mm. is all biblical, scriptural stuff. We're going to read about how these charisms are in the scriptures. But there's a, a that, that that God, in a particular time, for a particular reason, the Holy Spirit is desiring to sanctify the church in these particular ways with this manifestation of these charismatic gifts that have become abundantly released you know, upon the church at this time, um, especially, like you said, there's this a lot of renewal into the calling of forth the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gift of tongues, et cetera, which have been uh, really manifest in these days in a particular way, which I just believe it's God's timing that he's doing this for a time and a purpose and we need to be ready for it. Yeah. And so um, I think maybe, Father, if we could, you know, just maybe name, you know, two or three mm. gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then maybe we can talk about... Um, you know, how might how might somebody who is desiring to not only grow in intimacy with the Lord, but that they really want to kind of engage the culture, um, but that, you know, even as Jesus tells the, the apostles in the upper room, do not leave, do not go uh, until you receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, don't try to do this until you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so they might they might feel that they they want to receive this empowerment of the Spirit to go forth and to, to bring Jesus to people. But um, let's start just talking about some of these gifts of the Spirit. And, and one that I think uh, it, it was really one of the first gifts that I received, and I think in connection with baptism of the Holy Spirit for me, um, was the gift of tongues. Mm. Um, and again, there's a lot of different opinions on this today, you know, um, but we know for sure that it's something that's in Scripture. We know for sure that St. Paul describes it um, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and, and also uh, in chapter 14, uh, that there's different types of tongues, but um, that he he's very positive on it. In, in fact, he says, you know, I desire that all would, would pray in tongues, right? Um, and so, Father, what what is, the, what is the gift of tongues? What is it for? Um, and if someone desires that gift, you know, how, how could they possibly receive it? Well, and just to add to that, St. Paul does say in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 18, mm-hmm. one of my favorite lines talking about tongues, I give thanks to God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, so he's talking about this, this gift. And I, I want to distinguish it. This, this would be a different from uh, the gift of, that we see at Pentecost itself, yeah. where Peter is speaking in his language and it's being understood in a number of different languages. Um, that, that that is not the same gift we're talking about, that St. Paul's talking about. Um, that in particular, what he's talking about is this, this gift of the Holy Spirit where um, there it's a, a gift where, where God, uh, the Holy Spirit prays through you in, in a language that you do not know typically. Um, 
in which you are uh, praying uh, in maybe an angelic tongue, maybe an ancient tongue, um, and, and you are you're you're praying uh, and again, and you've allowed the Holy Spirit to pray through you. We hear about these unutterable groanings that God wants to do through us in the Scriptures, and these these unutterable. And sometimes we just run out of words. In my prayer time, I just I, I the the thanks I want to give to God, the love I want to express to God, I can't do it. My language is too limited. My humanity, my flesh is too limited. And 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 praise God, you know, through this gift of, of tongues, I've been able to you let that thanksgiving bubble out of me. Let that praise bubble out of me. Let that love of God bubble out of me. In this 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 gift and this charism, um, which is uh, you know, an opportunity to pr- to pray and also in praying over people. Um, I do know that it's, uh, it is of God and, and is more than babbling because I've been present in situations where people actually speaking languages that they didn't know, like Mandarin Chinese mm-hmm. and other people who are there who knew the language and be like, you're saying, Jesus, please heal this person. And they're like, uh, okay. You know, or, or like, I, I actually was like, I, I was listening to someone speak. Um, and I know they don't know, didn't know Spanish because I actually did a mission trip with them and they knew no Spanish. And I, I heard them speaking, not at the mission trip, but another time praying over someone like fluent Spanish. I understand. It was just about how like love, like just Jesus pour out your love upon this person and, and be upon them. And it was just like, oh my goodness, like this is incredible. And, uh, I was like, did you know what you were saying? She was like, no, I was just praying. And, uh, and so this, this, this gift, this charism, given for a particular reason, one, to, to give God praise and thanksgiving, uh, especially in prayer, um, and, and also for praying over others. Um, and, and, and it's a beautiful, beautiful gift where we allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us, this charism, for the sake of the church, for the sake of the body. Now, there's a time and a place for it, as Paul is going to tell us, um, that this is, shouldn't be done in church, you know, during the liturgy. Why? Well, because there's people there who you don't know what you're saying. And how is this going to be a witness to people who show up? Because it's, it's, hey, I don't understand. So during the liturgy, it's not a time to pray in tongues, which is a sign the Corinthian church is praying in tongues a lot. They're having these, these prayer meetings, we want to call them that, and they're praying together and they're praying in tongues. And Paul's giving a correction, like, hey, don't pray in tongues during the mass. Um, you know, that doesn't mean don't pray in tongues at all. It means don't pray in tongues during the mass. And I think, you know, the church would probably say something similar, you know, in that regard. It's like, well, there's a time and a place for it. Um, and, you know, if there's people there who don't understand, like, you, you wouldn't pray in tongues unless someone's there to interpret, Paul would say. You can pray in tongues if you've got an interpretation there, you know, for the sake of the building up of the body of Christ. Um, and so there's a, uh, I think, this this great, great, great gift that God's given. We've seen really manifest. Talk about what's happened over the past 100 years. We've really seen, 50 years, that, that God manifest this charism this gift of tongues in a very, very profound way upon the earth. And again, I, I think it's because it's, it's God's releasing something that, that we because we've run out of language, that, that people's language, their mouths are so defiling God, turning from God in such abhorrent ways. So God's given us ways to turn to praise, to, 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 um, to give praise to his heart, um, to, to do reparation, you know, for the offenses spoken against his heart. Um, and this great gift he's given to us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of common questions whenever you, you tell somebody about the gift of tongues. And I, and I think one of the maybe like hesitancies or fears is, and I, I find it a little humorous, so please forgive me. But, you know, when I've, when I've told people, you know, if you'd like, we could pray for you, you could receive the gift of tongues. And sometimes the response is, does that mean that like it just comes out like like I don't have any control over it, you know. Like, like I'm just gonna be in the supermarket, like, and, and all of a sudden I'm just gonna start blabbing out in yeah. tongues, and I'm not gonna be able to stop, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my job. Yeah, 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 that's right. 
And uh, so it's 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 not that way. Um, you know, the, the, it's a gift, and because it's a gift, it's something that the Lord enables us to use, you know. Um, and and I, lo- I love the way, again, St. Paul talks about it. He says, he who prays in tongues edifies himself. Yeah. Um, and it's a gift, as you're saying, Father, to, you know, again, as, as some of the charisms, and, and really most of them are meant to build up the church, build up others, bring people to Jesus, um, that the gift of tongues, in, in particular the, the type of tongues we're talking about right now, um, a personal prayer gift, a personal prayer language, edifies ourselves, it builds us up. Um, and even I think the Greek word uh, for edify there, it's it's like the sense is like you're, you're plugging yourself into an outlet almost. It's, it's like you're, you're charging yourself, you know, like, like the Holy Spirit's presence yeah. comes upon you. Um, so it really is a very beautiful gift. I remember when I received it, just being, um, just filled with joy, you yeah. know? And I think for those who maybe they have doubts about it, I mean, we're going to talk about the fruits of the spirit next week, but whenever I have prayed in tongues and, and, um, really just the fruits of the spirit, the, the, the yeah. joy, the peace, um, just the, even the gift of praise, of thanksgiving, of, of coming out of yourself, um, um, you know, just acknowledging God for, for who he is. I mean, this is often the gifts of of a prayer tongue, in yeah. my experience. So, no, you're beautiful you're, you're very very right. And it's uh, the other thing to say is like, um, uh, you know, what is this? Is this for everybody? Mm-hmm. And and because I oftentimes I've, I've heard like, well, if you you should just if you're if you're baptized on the street, you'd be able to pray in tongues. And uh, and I don't know, I got back and forth like uh, on that, but no, I I just think if it's a real charism, then it's not something that God gives to everybody, because charisms are charisms. And, and, and they're not gifts to the Holy Spirit. The gifts, uh, strictly speaking, are the ones we receive at our baptism. The charisms are what are given for the sanctification of the church. And there's certain people that are called, just like not everybody's called to the stigmata, you know? Not everybody is called to, to the gift of healing or, or, or whatever the charism might be that God's manifesting upon, uh, you know, mystical union with God, um, these, these, these great gifts that he's bestowed upon his saints and upon his church. Um, but he does uh, for those, for many, I think it's, it's a great gift because it's an opportunity to, to praise God in a language that, that, that he allowed, he's praying through you at the time. Amen. And, uh, Teresa of Avila, uh, talks about the gift of tongues. I think it's, it's even pretty, pretty later, you know, later on in her spiritual journey. I think maybe even like the sixth mansion, she starts to talk about the gift of tongues. So the sixth mansion being in a very simple way, that's seven kind of steps to union with God. Yep. In the in the sixth step, so to speak, that she received the gift of tongues as a, a help to her prayer. Yep. And you see how much help I need, Father. I, I received <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. right away, right? It's exactly. Why, why I say that she thought she was doing something different because I needed it on step yeah, that's right. like minus yeah. five. She was able to persevere through six mansions. And I began, and he was like, this guy needs help. <laughs> so let's talk about a, another gift, um, the gift of healing. Yeah. Um, and again, oftentimes, you know, you can name a gift and it has different manifestations or different ways, even that the Lord can work, um, you know, with a specific gift through a specific person, different types of healing, different types of tongues, but the gift of healing, um, which, you know, in our ministry, we've seen a lot of really beautiful healings, uh, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, um, and, I think even in, in you know other Catholic ministries that we know, um, we've seen a lot of really beautiful things that the Lord has been doing. Yeah, so the gift of healing. 
Yeah, and again, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter yeah. 12. We hear him as he's listing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 7. You see Paul listing the gifts, and he names the gift of healing among the gifts, uh, the charisms of the Spirit. And yeah, it is a charism. Why? Well, so we should all be praying for others. We shall be interceding for others. You know, if, if you're, your loved one is sick, they need of healing, pray for them. It's not a, a limitation of only those who have the gift, the charism of healing should pray for healing. But at the same time, it is a charism that certain people have been endowed with this charism um, for the sake of, of healing the body of Christ. And we see this in the saints. Again, I just point to the saints. And, and certain saints you see have certain charisms manifest in their life that when they pray, people get healed. Um, and and, uh, and, and off, it's really beautiful as well because you see certain saints are really good at like praying for certain things. I heard Mother Teresa was re- like, when she prayed for a woman who was barren and couldn't have children, it was like, boom, you're going to get pregnant. It's like, <laughs> beware, you really better want to get pregnant because you're going to get pregnant if, if yes, Mother right. Teresa prays for you. Um, and she just had this charism from God that a woman who was barren, like would, would start, would bear children afterwards. And, and other, other, you know, saints, um, whether it be um, healing from, uh, being crippled or anything from leprosy or anything from, from uh, cancer or whatever the case may be. We see these, these beautiful manifestations where the saints have prayed and they've made the sign of the cross over people. They've, um, you know, laid deliverance, pray for deliverance, a little bit different, but just these, these beautiful, beautiful prayers that, that God has done that, um, that people have been healed. And, and these are charisms. This is a charism God gives to a particular individual um, that, that, that they manifest. He manifests through them for the healing of the body of Christ because the body of Christ needs to be healed. We can all recognize that yeah. and, and deeply on the spiritual, but even on the physical and, and physical healings are important. Why? Because physical healing can lead us to deeper faith. The physical thing isn't the end of the story. You know, you can go to body, you can go to the heaven with your left eye maimed, you know, you're right, you know, cut it out, you know, if it's causing you problems. So it's not the, the physical body that it, that is necessarily has to be healed as the spirit. But at the same time, the healing of our body helps deepen our faith and the faith of others. And so, God gives particular uh, charisms. And I do, I, I see, I've seen individuals who have very particular charisms, even within the gift of healing, that when they pray for people who have back problems and they feel people with cancer or whatever the case may be, that person, people uh, regularly get healed who they pray for with that particular sickness, that particular disease. Um, um, and so, yeah, it's this beautiful, beautiful gift. Again, to deepen faith. Um, again, we should all be praying for healing. Um, how do you know if you've if you received it? You know, obviously, you know it by its fruit. You know, if you've been you're praying for people, and you know, it's, all of a sudden, like you start praying for people who have, you know, um, eye problems, and not, and people are getting healed from eye problems when you pray over them. Like, okay, maybe God's giving me this charism, and I need to be, you know, continue to pray for people for whatever reason, but for for this one in particular. I think it's. Um, I, I just have Fatima in my head right now, but uh, you know, when Our Lady appeared to the three children at Fatima. Um, and, and oftentimes people would ask, you know, Lucia, can you, can you ask, you know, the lady that you're seeing for a cure for my son or whatever it might've been. And it's interesting because there's times when our lady will say, you know, some I will heal and some, some will not receive the healing, right? You know, she healing through with, with our, with the, through the Holy Spirit, her spouse. But, um, I think it's, it's an interesting thing because oftentimes I think as Catholics, we struggle with, suffering versus the healing, yeah. right? And yeah. it's it's like, uh, and, and I've heard, you know, I've heard different ministries talk about this different ways. Some I didn't like um, when they were kind of saying, well, maybe you didn't have enough faith or maybe, you know, you have some kind of block and you have to do all this like prayer work in order to receive this, you know, healing or whatever it might be. Um, or it's just, it's just, no, there there is no physical healing anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and you touched on it a little bit, but 
you know, where, how do we know, uh, or how do we approach the gift of healing, you know, with a, with a sober Catholic mindset, um, especially if someone's kind of like, you know, I've, I've kind of had this feeling within myself or, or I feel like the Holy Spirit's stirring within me to, to start praying with people more, you know, for physical healing. Yep. Um, but sometimes I'm not sure if it's God's will. What would you say to somebody? Yeah, like it's that? a very good question. And, and I think it's, we, we pray for healing and then we let God do what he wants to do. Yeah. That, um, you know, then we offer up the suffering. And it's not, I just go immediately offering it. I mean, you go immediately offering up until God heals, but mm-hmm. you don't just, you know, if some, someone, if you have a sickness or it's like, well, God, you know, God wants this and I just have to live with it. It's like, um, well, God also might want to heal you for the sake of faith of others. How do we know this? From the scriptures, because Jesus is healing the, the, the cripples, you know, he's, he's going around healing, you know, and, and even through the apostles, we see the cripple hanging out by the temple. And what happens? He gets healed when Peter and John pray for him. Money, silver and gold, we have not. What we have, we give unto thee. Receive the Holy Spirit. And, and the man walks. Well, his, his, uh, Jesus even says like his, her death is unto her sickness, you know, so that to manifest the glory of God for a, a different scriptural story that sometimes people get sick. So God can manifest his healing power, can manifest. Um, and I, I'll tell you a beautiful story. Um, I just actually, we just had a, a death in the community. Um, and someone who actually brought into the Catholic church on his deathbed, not baptized. Um, and I was able to baptize and confirm him because he expressed his desire to enter into the Catholic church. Um, how did he desire the Catholic church? One of the reasons was he came to a healing mass that we had. His daughter had ovarian cancer and was completely healed from her ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. And then he, and that was about four years ago, and she's completely cancer-free to this day. And, uh, and, and so he invited me over when he first got cancer, prayed for him. And over the past four years, we had to visit with a couple of times. And finally, he's like, I want to come to the Catholic church. That the healing of his daughter, even though he wasn't healed from cancer, his daughter was. And that led him into the Catholic Church, the manifestation of a healing that she had received. Um, and so sometimes her cancer might have been for the sake of her dad to enter the Catholic Church. And so sometimes you're, why? So that she could get healed and that would bring him to faith. Um, so sometimes our sickness and disease, it actually can be so that God can manifest his healing power. And so we pray for the healing, but sometimes God doesn't heal. Um, we're all going to die eventually. <laughs> you know, our, our bodies are going to decay. Uh, and, and so we'll be thank, we thank God for the sickness, but we, we pray for the healing. If God wills it, we open ourselves up to that. But if God doesn't heal, we, we offer it up and we ask, you say, God, is there anything I need to do? Because sometimes you're talking about Fatima, um, one of the little boys, um, it was, she's, our lady's like, yes, he's going to heal when he, has, when he has more faith. Yeah. It's like, well, is there something I need to do? Am I, am I am I in sin? Am I am I do I have some some reason in my life that that is actually causing this sickness that I need to to work on and my to be open myself up to the healing God wants to do? Yeah. So repentance, you go to confession. You know, you repent, you examine your conscience, you examine your faith, and then if God still and you get prayed for, if God still doesn't heal, you say, okay, God, I offer it up. That's right. And uh, you know, sometimes we've seen we've seen everything from people healed immediately to people coming and coming and coming, and then you know just the right thing is worked out in their hearts or in their families or their lifestyles. And then they receive, you know, that physical healing, you know? So mm. it's just. Well, the famous one from our, from Phoenix is the St. Charbel's bones were brought here mm. and a blind lady went and she was, you know, prayed for by, they have this oil that he has bone secret and they prayed for, uh, for her. And you know what? She left blind Yeah, and she went to bed that night blind, but she woke up able to see. Yeah. So the healing wasn't immediate. Yeah. But her faith, it didn't depart. She didn't give up hope. She still believed. Mm. And she went to bed with faith, even though her healing hadn't occurred. And she woke up with new eyes. Mm. And I could talk about this charism the, the, the whole time, probably, because it's just so fun to see the Lord and what yeah. he does. But um, 
I think it's also really good uh, for us maybe to talk about the gift of prophecy. Okay. Because, um, and again, going back to Our Lady of Fatima, right? Um, but also, I think we're in times right now, you know, and, and, and traditionally a prophet, I think sometimes when we think of the prophets, it's just about like predicting the future or something. But traditionally, you know, if you look at the, the biblical prophets, a lot of what they're doing is they're calling to repentance. Yeah. A lot of what they're doing is they're trying to draw people back to God. Mm-hmm. They're trying to remind uh, the people about the word of God. Um, and oftentimes they're trying to warn the people. Um, and then the, the, you know, so to speak, predicting the future is if you do not repent, yep. then this will yep. happen. Um, that's exactly what happens at Fatima, right? Yep. Um, with the three little children there. And um, I think there are many false prophets, right, uh, out there today. Um, but we as Catholics, we can very much trust the church, trust the tradition of the church, trust the teachings of the church to help us weed that out. But there are gifts of prophecy. Um, and so, and, you know, St. Paul it holds prophecy as, as one of the highest charisms, yeah. right? Um, and wishes that all would, would prophesy. Um, so, Father, what, you know, where is kind of prophecy lie um, in, in the church today? You know, where is the value of prophecy in the church today? And how can we, um, you know, talk about that charism, but how can we also kind of approach that, you know, yeah. and be careful with it? Um, especially because I do know usually Catholic charismatics are also open to other Christian ministries. Yep. And this can sometimes be good. This can sometimes be bad. Right. So, yeah. so where's the place for that? Yeah. Um, well, obviously we know it's in our, our tradition. From the Old Testament, we have prophets. Even the New Testament talks about the prophet, you know, prophets. Um, it was an office uh, of the church. So the, 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 the prophetic office, being a pro- the gift of prophecy, we see you know, manifest throughout the church's history. We see, like you said, these, these prophets and these prophecies, these saints who've given prophetic utterances. Um, but yeah, I, I think the important distinction is to be a, give a prophecy does not necessarily mean it's about the future. Here's what's going to happen. It really is, um, hey, like Jeremiah, the city's going to be destroyed if you don't repent and turn around. Mm. Um, like Jonah, I mean, Jonah, if your city's going to be destroyed, but people repented. Actually, his prophecy doesn't come true. And yet he's a prophet of God. Why? Because he was calling the people to repentance. And so oftentimes prophets are going to call to repentance. They're going to call back to the church. They're going to lead you closer to the church. If it's not leading you to God or the church, um, it's leading you to fear or worry and discouragement. It's probably not of God. Look at the fruit. You know a tree by its fruit. If the, the, the tree is leading you closer to God, then it is of God. I mean, we, we let the church discern as well. Yeah. You know, we, we don't run. You know, the church is, is very slow intentionally. I think we should be very slow when someone says, well, here's what's going to happen. You know, it's the three days of darkness are about to occur or whatever. You know, maybe we open up our hearts. We say, okay, um, but we don't, um, we don't run. You know, we just take our time and we keep our, 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 our call to, to prayer, our call to fasting, our call to follow the Lord. And then as he leads, we take one step at a time. And, uh, and we ask, okay, how do I need to, to follow the Lord today? And what's he asking me to do? And, uh, and again, um, anytime it's calling us repentance, we repent, we turn back. Penance, penance, penance. We do lots of penance. And, and you, but yes, there are certain prophecies that are out there that it's like, okay, we've seen like Fatima. It's like, hey, we, gotta, we need to do the first Saturday devotion. Okay, we need, if you're not having a first Saturday devotion, there's a prophecy. It's like, hey, do the first Saturday devotion or bad, bad things going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want peace. So do the first Saturday devotion. Um, there's a lot of prophecies out there we just need to, to listen to and fulfill. Um, but as far as our people giving prophecies, do we should we believe them? We follow the fruit, and, and we don't we don't jump, we don't run, because you know, a lot of it's sensationalism, and uh, and we don't we don't want that. 
And, and I've said, yeah, I've, I've definitely was hurt, especially with the pandemic going on. Some guys like, I predicted this and here's what's going to happen next. And it's like, none of the things he said happened. It's like, okay, well, I know, like, if you're just prophesying the future, then how is this actually helping us, you know? And, and again, how is this imitating the prophets of old? Because they always, they, they talk to the about the future, but always with a purpose. And even, I mean, the saints, I mean, sometimes there is prediction of the future, but a lot of it is like call, calling back to God. Mm. Yeah. So... Here we have it. These three charisms. Yeah. Can't believe we're out of time. It was, I know, that was quick. A lot, a lot more to talk about. But that the was Holy really good. Spirit, you know. And he takes over. Real quick, Father. If I want to maybe encounter the Holy Spirit more deeply, maybe there is this call in my heart or this um, this draw in my heart for the gift of tongues, the gift of healing. I, I yeah. want to, you know, minister in the power of the Spirit. What should I do? Well, um, you take out your credit card. Here we go. And you call, you go online. Yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so there are, are a lot of, uh, one, you just open your heart, right? Um, you just say, okay, God, like I want, I want the charisms of the spirit because I want, I want to minister the gospel and, and, and for the right reasons. Uh, the truth, the truly the operation of the charisms, it's not so people think you're sweet. It's not so you can become, you know, holier. It's so that you can bring people to God. Um, the charisms are bringing you to your knees. Um, you see a mighty healing of God. It's not like, man, I'm a, I'm sweet. It's, it's, it's a Lord, you are really powerful. And I am humbled in your presence. Um, and, and they should, the operation of the charism should bring you to your knees. Um, and so, yeah, but if, if I would, I mean, there are probably people in whatever city you're in who have the charisms and are willing to pray. We have prayer groups regularly here and healing masses. We are, are very willing to pray for the, the release of the charisms in your life. Um, obviously you have the Holy Spirit, so it's not, it's not in any way limited, but there is some, there's something powerful about the laying on of hands. Um, but yeah, open your heart, go to prayer, uh, receive prayer and, and ask God to, to manifest and not like, I want this particular charism, Lord, this is what I want. It's I'm open God. How do you want to minister? Mm-hmm. You know, um, because sometimes what he does and what you want to do are much different, but his ways are, are much higher and much better. Amen. So we thank the Lord for all his His charisms, and we pray uh, that as we continue to seek after the Holy Spirit's presence and outpouring, that the Lord would grant unto us those charisms we need to draw more people to Christ. Amen. Father, I have a question for you. Oh, good. I'm ready. Of all of the charisms. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be like, which one do you want, yeah. so that you could be a super <laughs> Holy Spirit superhero. No, it's gonna be a more virtuous question. <laughs> okay, good. Of all of the charisms, Father, uh-huh. yeah, which one do you think um, the church needs most right now? If the if the body of Christ yeah. could be equipped, uh, just top of my head, discernment of spirits. Hmm. I think we really need discernment, discernment, discernment. If we really want to follow God, we have to discern what is of God and what is not of God, and, and be and then have the strength to follow it. So I just I think right now there's a lot of false prophets out there. I think there's a lot of people who are, are, are calling, follow me, do this, do that, and I think we really need to be able to discern um, what is of God, what is not of God. So the first, you know, top of my head, it's just I really think we need discernment of spirits and really to, to be able to discern where God is, the will of God, and be able to follow God and recognize how much of the culture out there is actually just evil. Yeah, like a lot of the culture is just pure evil, and and it's it's pumping evil in our homes. It's pumping evil towards our children. It's in the schools. It's it's in our media. It's in our it's it's everywhere. And we've got to be able to discern as parents, as guardians, um, for the sake of our children and grandchildren. Like you know what, we just I can't do that. I can't be a part of that. I can't follow this because the, this this is not the spirit of God. It's not. There's no peace there. It's not of God. I don't want this in my home. So we need to discern once we can recognize what's not of God so we can avoid it and better recognize what is of God so we can follow it and have a part of our life. Amen. Well, thank you for listening in. 
we uh, will be continuing our journey next two weeks. Yeah, getting ready for Pentecost. Very exciting. There we go. So keep on praying, and uh, we'll just close in a prayer. Father, if you would close us out. Let's send forth your Holy Spirit to be upon us. Reopen our hearts, Lord, to have a ways you want to empower us for the sanctification of your church. Reopen our, our hearts up to your gifts, your charisms. Manifest them in our lives, Lord. Send forth your Holy Spirit that we might be removed, remade, renewed, reborn. Send forth your touch and your love and your presence upon us. Amen. Almighty God bless all of you as I bless you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.